Luke, Han, and Leia, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, or Aang, Katara, and Sokka? Which classic trio could the three of us best cosplay? Ooh, best cosplay? That's Ooh, hard. That is hard. Um, well, Luke, Han, Leia. N- none of the school-aged children have beards. <laughs> as much as Sokka might have wanted one, and Aang grew one later. He, yeah, I was gonna say. I think Sokka wore one. I think they both at times wore one as um a disguise. True. So yes, if we went yes, as Aang, um, oh my gosh, sorry, the music is so distracting. We have phantom Mexican music playing through our headphones for some reason, and we we're can't picking figure up, it out. We're picking up a radio channel for some reason. <laughs> so all I hear is a mariachi band. <laughs> And Katara and Sokka, but like when they're in disguise going through the Fire Nation or something. Right. Um, honestly, I think we could probably pull Luke, Han, and Leia off pretty good. Yeah, I have been told when I'm acolyting and I've had my hair up, people are like, you look like Leia. And I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm just being Crucifer today, but sure, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's probably going to be my vote. I think we could pull that off pretty dang easy. I just think it would be more fun to be Aang, Katara, and Sokka. Yeah, I get that. It's not hard to find like church vestments and make them work for Star Wars. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I, I like, I have Hogwarts robes that I sewed with my grandma when I was a kid. But man, those have, those have given me a lot. <laughs> they need a break. <laughs> those have even been used yeah. in like ads that I borrowed those for ad shoots at one point. Yeah, they've seen some things. What Kyle, about what about you? See, I, I'm actually going to land pretty firmly with Han, Luke, and Leia, but specifically because I think we can pull the personalities off really well <laughs> in terms of like the relationship dynamics, right? Because okay. Ashley, you and I already act like siblings. That's true. Half the time. And we make that joke all the time. It's you true. guys are already <laughs> married. Mm-hmm. And Alan is very much the maverick of the group. So That's very true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing he is the I type. came up with these, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is pretty easy to just typecast, actually. <laughs> he would have to grow his hair out, though. It's true. It's true. I would hit. <laughs> I, I definitely would. And then I'm just, you know, the broody uncle who's <laughs> trying to teach the next generation and just can't figure it out. I also, there's also something deep in my family lore that also works so well, too. So the the Han I know line, mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather may or may not have used the last time I saw him before he died. Uh, <laughs> oh my he legitimately, I don't think he knew he was quoting Star Wars because I don't know that he ever saw Star Wars. 
But, I mean, he may have. I, I just don't know. He never talked about it. I'll put it that way. So but your family in dramatic exits? I was doing a puzzle with him. He was, it was literally the day before he died. This was the, I went over to see him one last time. One we last were doing a puzzle, and he um, just started to get tired. And so I knew he was going to have to rest. Didn't know what it was. And I kind of got a little bit choked up. I was like, I love you, Grandpa. And he was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it it works it works on multiple levels. Ah, hello, my ampersands. This is episode two hundred and thirty of the MinMax podcast. I hope this finds you well, Kyle. You were over halfway. How's it feel? You've got like twenty left. Plugging plugging right along. It, to be honest with you, it I. Every time I like go to save the audio file and and put the episode number in there, I was like, "How has it only been thirty episodes?" Because at this point, it kind of feels like I've been doing this, this, or yeah, that for like three years straight. Like I don't remember a time before I was doing it. Now <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of weird. Because the last set is even like it went by so fast, and this time it's just like, nope, it's just going and going and going. <laughs> Well, this week we are continuing our series on the Creed. So, as we have done every single episode, we will go ahead and recite that now. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. All right. So this week we are at, for us and for our salvation, he came down from the heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he came incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. Now, I know that's a big chunk, but Kyle, I'm going to kind of call you out on this because you felt it was important to hit one piece of this. So do you want to go ahead and talk about that a little bit to tee us up? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, the line that we should be on for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven is a little bit hard to talk about if we don't talk about the, the concept and the idea of incarnation first, because if we start talking about salvation, um, if we start, start talking soteriology, which is just basically the study of salvation, um, and we don't understand the concept of incarnation, 
then we're just going to get ourselves into muddy and confusing waters and and kind of drift off the path a little bit here. So, um, so it's really important for us to start with talking about what incarnation really means. And so this is where, in a sense, the creed kind of flips itself on its head, where so far everything's been really hammering the point, no, Jesus really is God, like fully and completely God, same substance as God, again, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Very much, Jesus is God. Now, now we also need to get to the other side of the point, which is Jesus is also fully, completely, not like pretend, not like just a weird like image of, but not truly and completely human. <laughs> like, let's be clear here. Yes, and this is a very yes and. It's <laughs> a of big case, yes right? and. <laughs> big yes and he's not the he's not the god version of squirrels in a human suit like it, he right. he is in fact flesh and blood fully human yes exactly so we really incarnation is is an important concept because if we don't really fully register fully accept and and validate and Verify? That's not the word I'm looking for. But check his passport. We have to recognize <laughs> Jesus' humanity. What? It's a check his passport. I don't know though. Yeah, that was my his, first check instinct. His passport. <laughs> How many frequent flyer miles you got at that bad boy, Jesus? <laughs> Going back and forth between heaven, heaven and that's, earth. That's that's the real test of your humanity. <laughs> How many frequent flyer miles do you have? <laughs> It is directly oh, correlated to your relative level of humanness. How you get through TSA? Checking all that potential wine. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yes, Jesus Christ. TSA's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> this is a good start. We're tired. <laughs> we are tired. Oh, man. So, I mean, Ashley, you especially, any other thoughts, anything else you think we need to cover on incarnation specifically? Well, I, I mean, I feel like talking about Mary is a whole thing. Oh, and I don't well, know if you want to go into that here and now. Funny, or if you, fun, funny you should mention time, that. But... Yes, I do. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like it's, it's kind of important uh, to at least touch on, and I know Protestants are like clenching their buttholes now, but um... <laughs> I don't know why that hit, but the back-to-back combo of Jesus getting real fun through TSA and Protestant buttholes just really just hit me wrong. <laughs> We are we are a super reverent podcast. We very clearly have deep and profound respect for our source material, <laughs> which is not a joke. We really do. We do well. That just doesn't always that's come out. The that honest way. thing is, are some of the most pious people I know have the wickedest senses of humor, <laughs> and like some things I've said in the past were direct quotes from priests that I feel like people would not believe me if I was like, no, a priest said that, and they meant it. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that, yeah. You know, so. 
make friends with priests. They're hilarious. <laughs> but um, but no, I do think Mariology, which is the the study, the theological study of of Mary, you know, specifically regarding redemption, intercession, grace, that that sort of stuff. Um, and again, you know, even trying to talk about intercession, Protestants get so tense about it um, because it's like they're assuming you're trying to suggest that something's coming in between you and God. N- no. Um, the best way I've heard it explained is, and you know, this might not even fly anymore <laughs> considering the times and people's attitudes towards authority. Um, but at the time, the way it had been explained to me was like, well, you wouldn't just assume you could walk up to the president and seek counsel or or give some feedback. You would have to make an appointment. You'd have to probably get in with somebody. You'd have to, you know, know somebody to be able to get into the office and have a meeting. And so there is an understanding of, well, you wouldn't just like walk up to God assuming you have his attention. Mary is there just like any other saint, but especially Mary, uh, because it's more a conversation (laughs) of audacity and humility. Um, So how, how one assumes their own importance in comparison to their relationship with God. So yes, we have a direct line of communication with God. It's called prayer. But in the Episcopal tradition, in the Catholic tradition, in the Orthodox tradition, in the Coptic tradition, lots of traditions before Protestantism, hilariously, uh, there are what? these things called... No. I know. There, <gasps> I know. There, there are these, these things called saints. There's also a high regard for Mary being the mother of Christ. Um, as well as a lot of her other merits. We see her be intercessor for the people at the first miracle, water into wine, um, <laughs> where she goes up to her son and says like, hey, they've run out. And he's like, what does it have to do with me? My time has not yet come. <laughs> and she just, instead of like <laughs> continuing the conversation with him, turning to the people that are working the wedding and going, just do whatever he tells you to do and like leaves. So she's like, she knows. And she knows that, like, he probably has his own plans, but she still steps in and changes some of the things. And, like, people in- interpret that in all sorts of ways. But it is, like, the first huge way we see her speaking on behalf of others yeah, to her son, and something happens. And so there's, like, a lot that goes into that with regard to then how all those traditions that I mentioned also go to Mary. Approach her. Yeah. 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 So it's not like they're praying to Mary, thinking she's going to do the things. Right. She's just an advocate. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to try to put this, like, in a corporate context, like... Oh, to, gosh, to, that to play, might work better than to talking play about off, the president yeah, now. Yeah. Like, it's like... Now you can just tweet at him. Uh, yeah. It, it's like <laughs> go, trying to go to a CEO, and you have to go through their EA, so their executive assistant. 
Kind, it's, kind of, but it's, yeah. It's not a perfect correlation. I hear what you're D- saying. Yeah. You're not like trying to dimin- diminish Mary in any way because I think people get really tense about the ideas of assistance Correct. and secretary. And basically anything administrative, people like poo-poo on, but that's you not also, what you're trying to say. You also learn if you know anything about CEOs, you make the EA's life the best thing possible because they are the... They are the right-hand person of the CEO. <laughs> but it, it, in that way, you know the value of the person. And in the same way, like, in a similar fashion um, in approaching Mary. Like, there's reverence, there's respect, there's... Mm-hmm. And just like, again, in all those traditions that are referred to, you know, when we ask a saint to pray for us or we're, we're invoking the saints to pray, pray for the body of Christ. Um, it's again, not in mind of these people that have come before us are making the things happen. They are just also praying with us and beseeching God to, you know, to serve his people. Um, so when you put it in that perspective, again, you're just enlarging your, your community which I think is a really lovely thing as opposed to, you know, being really myopic about it. So, so that's personally my attitude on Mary. So then when you have her in the creed here, um, again, when I'm thinking about a lot of my friends who aren't believers in really any faith, they get tripped up on Mary specifically because, and I, we kind of mentioned this, I think last episode of the episode before they get really icky feelings regarding the idea of a god impregnating a woman primarily because like they're big fans of greek you know <laughs> zeus <laughs> right yeah zeus is zeus ruins it for everybody he poops in the jello for Truly. everybody um just a hot mess he really is a hot mess and so you know then trying to understand um the christian outlook on the incarnation um is is tricky and it trips them up and i can understand why because it's not like like it explains it super in super detail in this creed um but if you already believe that god created everything from nothing it feels like a very small matter to create life in a womb frankly yeah um and i can promise you being the owner of one, there's not nothing going on in there. So it should be pretty easy for God. <laughs> Frankly. That's true. This is a very bio-heavy episode. It's true. We <laughs> Well, and if you if you also factor in the realization that like God also had to invent like physics, chemistry, like quantum mechanics from the ground up. Like, yeah, that's just like one, one sort of outpouring of the process. Right. Yeah. Well, and and it's just, it's very sad that the impulse is to assume and forgive me for this language is not like, but forced or non-consensual sort of copulation with Mary that's right. that's not what's described it's certainly not not what's written down i don't feel like we would have a whole canticle of mary if she was not a willing participant in the receipt of the holy spirit for this and again when i say receiving the holy spirit not as 
a partner in which they have, again, copulated in any way. Right. And again, I understand this makes it super icky. Everyone's, I'm going to avoid saying it, but. Everyone gets skeeved out by the idea. Right. But like she is, she is asked first and she says, how? (laughs) So she, she's been a willing agent in this because she asks her questions. She says she's a willing servant of God. She has this canticle that's beautiful. Look it up. It's in Luke. Um, And then we see her put herself at risk at a time in which it would have been pretty reasonable for her to have not told anybody if it had been a shameful thing that had happened. And this isn't just, you know, you can't talk about Mary without also talking about Joseph, frankly, um, because his faithfulness is big here as well. Um, Because he was set up to marry Mary. And he could have easily quietly divorced her and like said none of it. Um, Or he could have shamed her publicly. And in that time and culture, wouldn't have been so against. Too far out of line from what is normal. Um, Could have also resented her privately. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, stoning was like common practice, right? Like literally throwing stones at someone until they died. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been common practice in a situation like that. Yeah, and he does none of these things. Um, he certainly has his own questions, but you know, he he doesn't do any of these things and in fact keeps them both safe. I think I think it would be really easy to grow um in resentment to be caring for somebody else's kid. Um, but we don't see any of that. Um, so I think when we when we think about Christ becoming incarnate and being made man it's not just through the process of birth um because that's that's important in the sense of he wasn't just like you know planted in the ground and suddenly out pops a fully grown human um you know he's not just like placed like a sim <laughs> it's, it's pikmin jesus right it's not pikmin jesus it's not sim jesus where suddenly he's like walking around speaking gibberish yeah it's <laughs> not it's not like bene Gesserit. Aaliyah Jesus that just wakes up speaking. Yeah. You know, he he goes through all of the milestones and growth spurts a human does. And that's one of those mysterious miracles that I sit and ponder on for ages because kind of like Ricky Bobby, I'm like, you know, baby Jesus, one of my favorites. Top 10 of the Jesuses, primarily because I just wonder what that would be like to see God in a helpless baby body. Like, how? What do you do with it? (laughs) (laughs) Babies freak me out already a little bit because they're so fragile. So the idea of of, of God being in such a fragile body, I'd just be like, keep me away. I'm so afraid I'm going to breathe on it wrong. Like, what if it gets sick? Because you know God is is known for his tr- fragility. But again, like baby bodies, so oh, right. No, I know. You know, so fragile, <laughs> so much cartilage, thin skulls. Hey, look, they squish. Yeah, they, they bounce. Do squish. It's okay. Mm, not like that though. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'd just be I deeply kid. anxious. Um, 
But no, I get that though, because like what, and of course it calls into all the questions that, and again, to stress home, fully God, fully man. So let's continue the little biology lesson that we're on. Jesus pooped. (laughs) Jesus did all the things, probably peed on Joseph and Mary, like as a baby, like pre-diaper wrap or however it was done. like. All of the things happened. He probably cried a lot. Yeah. He probably was a normal baby trying to sleep and not being able to communicate anything other than screams and shouts and tiny coos, which you got to wonder, like, if the coos were the coolest or, like, most angelic sounding thing in the world or whether it was just baby babble and... These are the thoughts that roll through my head. Like, I think it, I think baby Jesus screaming is just a sonic boom. <laughs> oh gosh, we're gonna go full um, uh, Dragon Ball Z on this real fast. <laughs> but no, I I I hear what you're saying. Like, what? How does that even work? And and yet, yeah. No, I I just. I think I find it funny that it's not the the process of Mary become becoming pregnant and then birthing Christ. It's it's more the idea of like him growing up as a human, knowing what I was like growing up as an adult or as a child into an adult, like puberty. I was awful. Absolutely awful. The idea of Christ having pimples astounding he went through he probably went through that i mean it's again it's biology i was gonna say and experienced everything that humans did and yet was Mm. found without sin like direct quotes like how i was the worst i think we all were the worst teenage years and the angst years are just awful it's just rough it's just rough. It's just really figuring is. out just how rough. to human in a body that now feels too big and is weird. And right. suddenly you're just expected to be something else. Let yeah. alone have the <laughs> expectation. <Speaking> of. <laughs> let alone have the expectation of, oh, by the way, you're also God. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> well, when we get a really interesting snapshot of this right with jesus at the temple oh yeah the one teenage story we get yep yep where it's just (laughs) mary and joseph walking home and jesus just isn't there all of a sudden (laughs) like it's classic parent at the grocery store moment right like (laughs) oh no i turned around for five seconds and my kid is gone that's if you left the the grocery store and went into a completely different building (laughs) well yeah i mean I'm I'm trying to give us the most modern parallel sure. I can here. <laughs> yeah, you're you're halfway down the road to a completely different town <laughs> and you realize your kid's missing. And you discover so, they yeah, camped it, out in the camping section of a uh Gander Mountain and just just like, yeah, no. That sounds no. awfully specific. <laughs> Did you do that? No. <laughs> I thought about it, but I didn't. <laughs> You were you were driving towards a point, Kyle. Uh, somewhere in there, there was a point somewhere at some time. I don't know. It's just it's just the one story that we have, right? Of of Jesus as as uh, 
older kid, young teenish, you know, pre-teenage ish. One um depending child. and then Go ahead. Getting the the whole picture of like, well, where else would I be yes. but in my father's house, right? Where it's like he's he's very clearly sort of cognizant of who he is and yet like just a kid at the same time and it's it's a very paradoxical sort of situation and and just the the way that we interact with Jesus in that story i feel like is so I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know, Alan. I don't even know what point I'm trying to make here. It's just the one that we have. Well, and that story <laughs> right. is so funny to hear read out loud because depending on who is reading out out loud, it takes a different tone every time. And if sure. it happens to be one of the youth reading it out loud that Sunday, it really takes a different flavor, <laughs> especially if they were dragged to church that morning against their will. But like, this is where it's really good. That Mary is the mother of Christ because if my son ran away, I was terrified that I lost God. (laughs) And then we find him and he responds with, where else would I be but dad's house? I'd be like, am I about to cuff God? Is this about to happen? Is this my instant damnation? Because boy... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even Jesus is getting a little bit of a teenage attitude sort of thing going there for a second. And when, what's just, worse just is he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Right. Like, right. That's true. Where else Which would he be? Which is also such a teenage thing to do. Yeah. Yes. And and actually, I was really... So I don't, I don't like most Christian media. Shocking no one. I don't think the three of us have had great experiences with Christian media overall. But... But the the show Chosen that came out like two years ago, it was crowdfunded, and I forget through what, but um, it's been produced by a Christian media company. It was crowdfunded. I thought, oh, this is going to bomb. It's going to be awful. I watched the first season. They do this specific scene, and it is done actually very well, like believably. It's like, yes, this is a kid. This is kid logic. It's also not wrong. Mary has a reasonable reaction. Joseph has a reasonable reaction. They go home as a family, and you don't feel let down by the drama in the scene, nor do you feel like they were glib or flippant with the exchange, nor do you feel like they tried to like overhumanize it and give hints towards tension or anything. Um, it is done so tastefully. I was shocked because I was ready. I was, I was like gearing up to hate it. Um, so the actors and the writing really, it was impressive. Even if you just watch it for that scene alone, I think it's worth it. And it's free online. You can watch it. You can watch it on their website. You don't have to pay anything. Um, but it is a worthwhile scene to watch because I think they did it really well. Um, and, and just generally, I think because we've all had exposure to teens as they are, um, you forget that even at that age, you can have some depth and you can have some dimension, even when it right. comes to that line or that statement, that retort. Um, 
And I just, again, I just wonder how many other moments were like that. You know, his first words. Right. What, what was Jesus' first word? That would be fascinating to know. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know? Huh. Yep. Like, that would be super crazy to find out. Um, And then once he starts stringing them together, like, what's that going to be like? So how many more moments like that where they're just like, he's not wrong? I'm frustrated right now, but he's not wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that moment of, like, getting your patience tested and just being utterly flabbergasted and in this weird like co-parenting situation mm-hmm. that except the other end of this is the almighty and it's just like you need to tell your son the this hand gestures don't help son, at all self, i'm self, wantonly just swinging my finger back and forth from the heavens to jesus and be like, you need to sort this out. I can't deal with this. <laughs> oh gosh! But then at the same time, you're also like, wait, Jesus, you have to, Jesus pointing at Jesus self. It, but you're the same. But ah, <laughs> hey God, it's you, me. Yeah, it really becomes the Spider-Man meme situation of Trinitarian <laughs> theology. It's like it's you, it's me, it's us, it's ha ha ha. <sighs> and can you imagine just getting the full theological runaround from like a six-year-old? <laughs> but like, just just getting absolutely told, and you you just know you're you're wrong, right? Like, no, you can't say anything. You're wrong. Well, I also wonder what sort of like because kids. I mean, kids of all. Of all cultures, and they they all play make believe of some sort. They all they all mm-hmm. have their sort of play that they create. So it it makes me wonder as well, like what his version of play was as a child. Oh yeah, that you would know? be super interesting. That'd be so yep. again so fascinating to find out. Like what did he play with? What games did he create? What was he like around other kids? Um, you know, pretty traumatic upbringing. Gotta say, <laughs> didn't start out great. What with the whole like. Massacre of the Innocents, but you know, yeah, um, they may they pull through, but yeah, I just I I guess I feel like you can't talk about Jesus' humanity without also talking about the people that raised him, um, and I feel like if you yeah, don't no, have absolutely. real res- at least respect, because I think these are this is one of those I think you know Mariology is one of those issues where it's relative, relatively non-salvific. I don't think you have to pray the rosary to be saved or to like feel secure in your face. faith. I just think it expands your faith. I think it brings it um, into sharper focus in a lot of ways. I think, I think it's just another great resource that if you know about it, you should want to use it. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, or or it makes you uncomfortable, I mean... I'm sad for you because I gain a lot out of it, but it's not like, you know, some of the other really critical things like Christ being human and divine. Yeah, it 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 gives you another avenue of approach to exercise a different spiritual practice that allows you to come at it. I'm saying the same thing different ways. I did, I just realized I said it basically the same thing three different ways, but 
another way to interact with God and find another new facet that you might not have necessarily expected. In the same way that reading through the Psalms and praying the Psalms at different times in your life, those are going to hit differently. Yeah. Well, and I I think we all were raised in a time where there was almost an overemphasis on the the intimacy of God, you know, ask Jesus in your heart, God's with you all the time. You can, you know, a very individualized salvation. Absolutely. And so I I feel like there's a real risk then for there to be a, a really narcissistic faith developed as if it's you and God against the world. I think putting a proportional amount of emphasis on Mary uh, helps then reestablish a humility that gets lost um, because it reminds you that there is a God and you are not it. Um, That there are other people in this communion, that there were people that knew God before you did, frankly. Um, And that it's okay to be in communion and in community with all of these figures rather than sort of being in this bubble. Yeah. With Christ. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and I think it also really grounds Mary is super important for helping us to ground the humanity of, of Christ, mm-hmm. which is as we're going to get into when we talk about salvation and soteriology, really, really important for how we understand resurrection. Yeah. Because I think, especially when it comes to Christian concepts of death, we very easily detach that from the physical. Right, and we very make this make it this weird ethereal sort of resurrection where it's just like you die and you go to heaven and you're just an angel or you're just like a weird spirit being thing, right? Where, but that's not actually how salvation works. That's actually not a properly aligned theology because it's it's a physical bodily resurrection, mm-hmm. right? Like the the whole also very kind of modern Christian concept of the flesh as like an evil entity that you're going to shed right. right, and you're going to break free from is not at all a Christian concept. Yeah. It's a concept in a lot of other belief systems. It's not actually a Christian concept um, because resurrection of the body is actually a very core piece of what resurrection through Christ actually is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another really important thing about grounding ourselves in the understanding of Mary and her place in the story as well is it constantly reminds us of of Jesus's human side, right? Or the 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 aspect of Jesus, the the substance of Jesus that was human. Well, and the, the Annunciation brings such such drama to the Gospels that I think also sometimes gets missed because you have Mary who lives in this, you know, sort of isolated rural area not not known by anybody she's not you know somebody in the world that she grows up in and then you've got Zachariah who is a priest and if anyone's going to raise the messiah it would be somebody like him right he seems like the pinnacle of of somebody that do that so he's told that he and his wife are going to have a kid and he's he doesn't believe it and so what does he do he's He's struck dumb, which I find hilarious 
because then you go back to Mary, who has a posture of humility and basically asks, like, how could this be? You know, how is this going to go down? Oh, that's how? Okay, well, yeah, sure, I guess, if you're cool. Um, and, and humbles herself to that task. So, you know, you've got this sort of balance. I mean, not even balance. You've got these you've got these two contrasting scenes. One, the person who you would think at that time would be tasked with something so important who should know and be able to recognize uh, godly calling as it's happening. And then someone who wouldn't have been exposed to that um, in the ways that a a prophet and a priest would be. Um, And they, they have two very interesting outcomes with, you know, the birth of John and then the, the birth of, of Christ. So I just, I feel like when you really do take a look at the drama of the gospels and I'm somebody who like, when it comes to reading the Bible, I tend to go more towards old Testament for the drama, but I've been trying to push myself to consider the gospels more for their, their dramatic appeal, frankly. And I'm now, you know, when I look at these casts of characters, if you think of them as such, you do really see a lot of beautiful visual poetry happening. Um, it's just incredible. And brings new depth to to how Christ comes into the world. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. That makes sense. So obviously that is the incarnation aspect like that we felt like we needed to set up what we are heading into which is the salvation discussion now as that is the crux of our faith that one's going to be dense and so instead of skipping backward to immediately cover the two lines that we've skipped we're going to hold that for the next creed episode so as to ensure that we can hit this adequately and take our time here because this is going to be arguably the most meaty section that we are going to be going through. So um, do we have any final thoughts on Mary, Joseph, young baby Jesus, other strange biological things we need to put in here? I would just, I would really <laughs> encourage people that if you haven't read any, you know, Marian theology to do so, if that's new for you, I think it's well worthwhile. You're going to hit some stuff where, where people will, will try to suggest the perpetual virginity of Mary. Again, that's debatable. We can't possibly know that. I have my own personal opinions about that topic. They're probably not what you think they are. Um, but I do think that her her purity is a pretty key feature with regard to you know being chosen um as well as just like the concept of the miracle of life coming from from nothing um but yeah i really do think that you should pick up some studies on on mary and um more liturgical postures on honoring her Yeah, I I would agree in that. I know 
before we started attending an Episcopal church, uh, having been the token Protestant, uh, didn't really think too much about saints, uh, didn't really uh, respected Mary, but didn't understand the idea of intercessors or intercessory prayer. Uh, Pentecostals, especially uh, like Foursquare Pentecostals, which was the tradition I grew up in, like to throw the term intercessory prayer around quite a bit, except they end up talking into the ether because nobody starts naming who they're praying to. It gets really, really weird really quick because they're tra- just like <laughs> really loud manifesting. I mean, you're not far off. Yikes. Like it gets it gets really, really strange. And I think that's where I got so skeeved out by it by like Marion and using and or praying to the saints because like it's almost like you're the only the only source you know to pray to other than Jesus and God is the Holy Spirit and depending on your theology of the Holy Spirit and in some traditions, there are beliefs around the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and what that implies about, and I'm not even exaggerating here, and I think most people will have come across this. If not, I'm sorry. Uh, for lack of better term, your spiritual rank based on the gifts that you have. Mm-hmm. And it makes things like intercessory prayer really, really weird. It took a long time to undo that. Yeah. But when I did, and much at Ashley's, uh, much by Ashley becoming interested and then me becoming exposed. Such and a bad influence. Yes. Uh, yes. It definitely brought me to a place where suddenly having other people that you can say even in your loneliness or even in a private state, please, please be here with me and the communion of saints that you can pray to like that. I found that very, very valuable. Well, and again, as we've said in the past, it's no different than asking one of us to pray for for us, Uh, asking a friend to pray for you. Um, And you're not, when you do that, I don't see anybody getting up in arms saying like, well, I'm asking them because I think they're just closer to God. No one's saying that. <laughs> no one's saying that. <laughs> Kyle, any closing thoughts for you? I don't think so. I mean, aside from the fact that we could just sit and unpack this stuff for decades on end. but <laughs> And it's funny. We kind of have. We being humanity. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. Well, ampersands, we would love to hear your thoughts on this. Minmaxpod at gmail.com, minmaxpod on all the socials, except Reddit, where we're slash you slash minmaxpodcast. 773-789-9369 is the voicemail number for voicemails three minutes or less. Anything longer than that, you can send an audio file over to the email address. I'm at Alan H. Powers on Twitter. Ashley's at D-E-E-D-E-E underscore K. Kyle is at Stainbrook Kyle. And until next week, we'll see you later.